From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, J.R., the Wisconsin National Guard's top commander agreed to resign at the end of the year after a scathing federal report found he violated laws in investigating sexual assault complaints. Governor Evers asked Major General Donald Dunbar to resign. Does this put the matter to rest, or will there be more political fallout? Well, there are a couple of things you're going to be watching for. One, the Guard, for some inexplicable reason, had created basically its own internal process for addressing complaints about sexual harassment and assault. Uh, That's mind-boggling to some people I talked to that they would do that because it shields them from federal and state scrutiny and basically went against Defense Department policy. So, uh, one, you know, we're going to have a new uh, leader of the National Guard. That'll be an appointment by Governor Evers. Two, along with releasing the report detailing these basically botched handlings of these investigations, you know, Governor Evers issued an executive order with a series of changes he wants to see implemented, a lot of it being stuff from the report. There will be a person appointed to essentially brief the governor on a regular basis about how that's going. So the key going forward is, okay, how does the Guard address this? Do they address governor's concerns, and do they fix this process to straighten it out going forward? In another development, the marijuana debate is making headlines again in Wisconsin. Two Republican state lawmakers introduced a bill that would legalize medical marijuana. Democrats have been pushing similar bills for years. Now a growing number of Republicans seem to be warming up to the idea. But Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald says he'll block such measures. So why do some members of the GOP keep pushing, knowing that Fitzgerald is only going to say no? Because they're trying to continue the conversation. I mean, think of where we were five, ten years ago in Wisconsin on medical marijuana, we weren't seeing the kind of discussions we're having now among not just Democrats, but uh, independents and Republicans indicating support for it. Now, there are a couple of hurdles across yet for backers of medical marijuana. One, you know, Scott Fitzgerald said this, he does not think there are 17 Republican votes in the state Senate for this bill. Uh, That has been a rule of thumb in the state Senate that if you don't have enough votes from your own caucus to pass a bill, you don't take it up on the floor. So, until there are 17 Republican senators in that, that body uh, willing to vote for it, probably not going to happen in the state Senate. In the Assembly, same deal. Usually you have to have 50 members from the majority caucus to take a bill up on the floor, and I don't know there are 50 Republicans yet, but the support is growing. Backers of medical marijuana talk about the public polling that they've seen that shows support for it. Kind of comes the question not of if, but when do we do this, and then what the methodology is. And I've, you know, I've talked to some Republicans who said, look, they know what's coming, at some point, we're not sure exactly when, but at some point will be here, they would like, if it is going to come, to put a stamp on it that they can be comfortable with. So that's why, like, for example, this Republican bill that came out last week, it would allow you to smoke medical marijuana. It would only be like in uh, pill form, oil form, topical cream, so a little more restrictive than the Democratic bills we've seen before. But this conversation is happening. Um, the next thing to watch is, does this bill get a public hearing in either house? There are some real questions about that. The earlier one that was mostly from Democrats and uh, four Republicans, that has not gotten a public hearing yet. So is there more of a public conversation in the legislature about this? But I know it will happen this session, but at some point, people say it's going to happen in Wisconsin. If Fitzgerald is elected to retiring Republican Congressman Jim Sensenbrenner's seat, might a new Senate majority leader be more supportive? Possibly. It just depends who that person is and where the caucus is at. I mean, that's 
that's the thing. It's not just about one person. It's about do you get that 17 vote threshold in the Senate? We'll see. Um, we have you know several contested races uh, next fall that we're expecting to watch that could change the makeup of the Senate a little bit. It's entirely possible, but it's not just Fitzgerald. That, that's the thing I've been told. It's, it's not just one person in the Senate holding it up. There are others who have concerns, and one of the concerns I've heard from Republicans is they fear that if you allow medical marijuana, you're basically taking a step toward recreational marijuana, and there are a number of Republicans who weren't there on that issue at all. And finally, we've been watching the race for Wisconsin Supreme Court. Last week, it was revealed that incumbent conservative Justice Daniel Kelly is getting help from the state Republican Party. He's renting space at the GOP headquarters. Kelly is backed by conservatives, while the other two candidates in the race, Marquette Law Professor Ed Fallone and Dane County Circuit Judge Jill Karofsky, are supported by liberals. However, the Democratic Party is not helping either of them. Supreme Court elections are officially nonpartisan, and while there's nothing illegal about Kelly getting help from the GOP, how does this look to voters? Well, it's been a reality of Supreme Court races. The Republican Party was the one of the, if not the biggest donor for the last three, I think, Supreme Court uh, candidates who are conservatives. I know for sure with uh, Judge Skrennick, who ran in 2018 against now Justice Rebecca Dallet, it was the biggest donor to his campaign their partisan operations. That's just the reality. And Democrats will tell you that while they kind of stayed away from Supreme Court races in the past, they have realized that they need to get more involved because Republicans are doing it. And uh, new chair Ben Wickler, who took over in June, one of my interviews with him back in the summer before he uh, was elected, he said, yes, the party will get more involved with Supreme Court races. So yeah, while the party may be helping Jill Karofsky or Ed Flown right now, whoever emerges from the February primary to face um, Kelly, people believe the state Democratic Party will be heavily involved in that, trying to help turn out its voters to benefit the progressive candidate challenging Kelly. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.